A fresh renewal sweeps over your heart. A desire to seek after God again. A jump start to a fresh beginning. A reviving of your spirit that stirs the hearts of others. Revival? Carly Rockin' in the School of Life. He is here talking about stuff and whatever's going on in his brain. You know it is 100% Bridget! Here I am. It's me talking about living life and loving Jesus. <laughs> I love the opening of this show. I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm biased because it's my show. My brother took care of that. And I just every time I hear it, um, my brother and, and my nephew just rocked that. And I just it's, it's so amazing every time I hear it. So I hope that you enjoy it every time you hear it. And I, I don't know. I hopefully will never change it because I just I just giggle every time. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, let's get, get get through the stuff. Once again, I want to thank you guys. The the audio portion, the, the podcast itself is, has been doing really, really well, and I just want to thank every audio listener out there. The YouTube is starting to do its thing, so please continue to liking and subscribing and sharing and doing all the things involved and uh, that help that help this grow and help get this particular word out to the world. <laughs> So I just want to continue to thank everybody. Um, without you guys, the show doesn't exist. And I just love that I see listeners and uh, viewers um, subscribing and doing the things. And uh, it's just awesome to see that happen. So I'm going to get into some stuff today. Hopefully it doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, nobody argues with me about it because I'm not good at arguing. But I will comment if you comment. So, <laughs> And real quick, if uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or if, even if you're listening, I know you can't. If you're listening, you can't see my awesome beard. I think it's awesome probably because it's mine. But I take care of it by using Wild Bull products. If you go to wildbull.shop, check out everything that they have. They got shampoo, they got soap, they got all the beard products, they got everything you need to just look awesome and smell good. <laughs> and everything they do is 100% natural. You can get t-shirts, you can get uh, hats, you can get all, it's a full-on lifestyle brand. So make sure to go to wildbull.shop. When you purchase, enter the coupon code WILDBULL. 100 for 15% off select merchandise and make sure to let them know that Richard sent you for 100% Richard. Thank you. That's wildbull.shop. Own your game. All right, so here we go. I'm going to, if you listen to my intro and you made it this far, which I hope you do because <laughs> I, I talk about some interesting things and really a lot of the stuff that I talk about is, is really just living our life every day and loving Jesus in that life and, and being in that Jesus lifestyle and just functioning within the things that he has for us to do and moving forward with the stuff that he has for us to do. And today, um, I've been, I've, I've had revival on my mind and, um, something one of our pastors at our church is every time he gets up there, um, he always mentions that we are in revival. And I think it's interesting because the, our definition of revival sometimes is interesting. And when, we understand what revival is and how it starts and what it looks like, what we've thought it's looked like all these years. And if you've been a part of revivals in the past and, and you just have this picture of, of stuff happening and things like that. Well, here's one definition of revival. 
This is my favorite definition of revival, and I like it because it starts in the heart. So here it is. One definition of revival. The awakening or quickening of God's people in their true nature and purpose. And and I like this definition because revival starts in the heart of the individual, and then it spreads the other. So it has to start in here. It starts with us. It begins with us. It begins with repentance. It begins with an understanding that we that we need to continue to move the gospel forward, and there has to be some sort of, a lot of times, demonstration of the Holy Spirit in that. And if it doesn't start in your heart, how can you bring revival to others? How can, how can you see a revival spread if it's not in you to begin with? If you are not reviving, if you are not reviving your your connection with God, your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus, and you're not seeing repentance in your heart for the things that we do. And it, that's what kickstarts these kinds of things. And and today, we, we use the word revival. We, th- we throw it around whenever something cool happens in church. And when in reality, it is something that happens slowly. We see video, we watch TV, you know, maybe you've seen revival on TV on some of the channels and, and people are falling down and the Holy Spirit's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And we just go, well, that must be revival. Well, really, how did that, How we only see that portion of it because that's when it gets to the media. That's when it gets to other people. So we've only, we didn't see it when it started. We didn't see the person in the corner praying. We didn't see the group of people interceding for it. We didn't see those kinds of things. So the reality is revival happens slowly, starting with people or even one person that is hungering and thirsting for a move of God. A search for righteousness that is deep in the heart of the individual or the group of individuals that are seeking Revival is just a prayer away, a decision and commitment away. And when this is in you, you can be the spark that ignites the whole thing. So in your church, or not even in your church, but in your prayer life, in your home life, we have to get to a point where we want to see revival happen. There's a darkness in this world right now, and it needs a flame. It needs a light. And and those of us who are living life loving Jesus need to be the ones that are igniting the wildfire, so to speak, to ignite that flame. It, it, you know, and when it comes to revival, we seem to think that God just brings revival randomly. And, and one day people see it happening in their community, city or state or country. But it still starts with the individuals that are seeking after God's heart and true repentance. And so revival actually begins at home or in your prayer closet. It, it begins in a place that is quiet. It begins in the corner. Or it begins when you recognize that you, you're, you need repentance. You need to find your way back to God. Now, I'm going to use the example. I'm not, not going to read Psalm 51, but go read Psalm 51 because basically... David is crying out for revival after he was with Bathsheba. He's saying, you know, Lord, save me. Lord, protect me. Lord, do this. I I made a big, fat, hairy mistake, and I did this. Ah, love me, please, Lord, love me. And then I'm going to read the last couple verses of Psalm 139 because David says, Search me, O God. This is is Psalm 139, uh, 23 through 24. It's the last two verses. It says, and it says, David's telling God, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So he's saying, hey, God, 
Check me out. Search me. I, I am in repentance mode. I want to see you move. I want to see the changes. I want to see the abundance happen. I want to see great things go on because of who you are. Please lead me in the way. This is the way. So now David has to go get his Mandalorian. <laughs> I just ruined it, didn't I? <laughs> so we know that revival starts with the heart. So so that's what it, it starts with repentance. It starts with returning back to righteousness, seeking God to make a shift in one's life. And with that shift in one's life, a shift can occur in the life of others. That's where the spread comes from or the breakout comes from. Because, oh, we're breaking out in revival. Well, yeah, why? Because one person started it, then another person joins it, and they see this movement happening and this functionality in revival because one person starts to seek God, another person starts to seek God, another person starts to seek God, and then God starts to show up. And so basically what happens when revival breaks out, God is breaking in. We begin to assist in the spreading of the gospel, and it finds new audiences as believers find new ways of presenting Jesus to the world. Revival is one of the greatest things to spread the actual gospel. And if you listen to, you know, last week's thing, um, you know, <laughs> accept and assist, I think that was last week or whatever, a couple weeks ago, accept and assist. We accept Jesus. We accept him and we go, now I want to spread this thing. So now what's happened in our lives before revival strikes is a lot of times we've gotten to a, like a level playing field where we're like, eh, you know, I'm just going to live life and love Jesus and compared to I'm living life and loving Jesus. So we have to get ourselves back up to that fresh fire. We have to get ourselves back up to that place where maybe when we first received, maybe we need to fight. And what happens is now we begin to assist. Like I said last week, we start to assist in the spreading of the gospel. And so people, other people, people around us start to see what's going on. And even within our churches, you see people going, oh man, my worship is better. This is better. The Holy Spirit is moving. This is happening. So, And it's like, oh my gosh, there's this fresh fire, so to speak. So to repent, Jesus as the one who changes lives. And so we have to realize that that's what's happening in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit that convicts the heart unto righteousness. And there's a reason for conviction it is so we can is so we can repent of what we have when the Holy Spirit speaks to your insides and says, "Hey, you might be doing something wrong here, bro." <laughs> and we need to repent and then we can see revival start. We can see the spark start to happen. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 through 5. And this is this is Paul speaking. And it says, "And I, brethren, when I come to you, did not come with excellence of speech, or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not not with persuasive words or human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power with your that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So here we see this. I'm going to really speak to this section, verse, I believe it's uh, 7. No, wait, it's verse 2. I want to speak to that section real quick. So, it's here, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
Paul brought himself to a place where nothing else mattered but Jesus. So the things that were going on in the world didn't matter as long as Jesus is involved in him. So that's his point of reference. And then he comes in and says, you know, I don't talk good. I'm not the best speaker. And I don't want to be the best speaker because I want to see the Holy Spirit represented in the things that I say and the actions that happen. He says in verse 4, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. So he wasn't going around trying to, he didn't write his speech and then read his thing. He went according to the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. So he functioned within the Holy Spirit. His heart was continuously repentant because he didn't want to know anything else but Jesus. And then he wants to transfer that. That's your faith. He's transferring that should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So he's transferring what he is saying and he's bringing it to the group that he's reading to in the city of Corinth that he's writing to. And he's saying, hey, we're going to take this adjustment, this shift of power, and we're going to give it to you and revival begins. And, and then so revival may start in the corner, but it thrives in a crowd. Revival happens when God's people are repaired or repaired. Well, yeah, when God's people are repaired and prepared. It happens when we are ready for it. When we are humble and our hearts are tender, when we are revived, others witness it and become revived also. God orchestrates and then boom, the revival that we always see or become a part of. And if you're not interested in any of that, that's fine. Stand in the background. See what's happening in that church. See what's happening in that section of life. See what's happening and see, is that God moving? Question it. That's okay because it'll cause you to see what's inside of you in the process of it, and then you can move forward in it also. So look what Paul says. This is verse 2 again. I'm going to read it again. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So he's coming in and saying, hey, this is what I, this is what I believe. This is what I see happening. This is the direction that we need to go. This is him being humble. He doesn't want to mince words. He only wants to do and function in the Holy Spirit, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago. But, and not be in the wisdom of men. That is one of the hardest things to pull out of our lives when we're living life loving Jesus. It's hard to pull out the things that we grew up with, the things that we were taught, the patterns that, that come in life that we just begin to, to grow in. And we have to realize and function in the Holy Spirit and be not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Because Paul knows where, where revival comes from. He knows that it does not come outside the atmosphere of prayer. He knows that there has to be something that connects it. He has to see things move. You have to have an understanding that God starts to move in you. He's, he has no choice. People have to recognize it, and then God starts to move in others. And if we could pull the wisdom of man out of our minds, you know, it's like when people struggle with tongues. And, you know, I'm, I'm going way off script here. <laughs> it's like when people struggle with tongues because they have the wisdom of man. That that is not something that happens. That is not what happens in the church, da 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 so on and so forth. And so we have to pull that wisdom away and go, okay, 
it, according to First Corinthians, it says that 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 we are speaking to God, edifying ourselves. So there is a connection in the spirit when we do that. So we have to literally pull man's wisdom out of that, and that's one of the things that Paul is saying here in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. So there is a you know so that's how that starts to function and we start to see that when we start to see that rise up in us the more we pull man's wisdom out of our lives and start to seek after God's heart and start to come in line with him and we start to see that we need to repent of things and we start to understand that there's something more that's when revival starts to happen in certain places or in the places where people are doing that and there is a spark in the darkness, and it will create a flame that ignites and brings light back to a dim world in need of the Savior. The spark is us. The flames are revival, and through revival, we can see the world change. Right on, right on.